Welcome to the Home Medic. You're listening to the segment on mold. Welcome back to the Home Medic, where we help to keep your money in your wallet and your family out of the mold mansion. How are you, Hansine? Good day to you. Should we talk about what mold does to you? Sure. You're going to have to lead on this one, because I... Okay. I'm hoping I don't have any side effects of mold right now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you have had in the past. At <laughs> some point in time. You know, I'm going to start with my own story on this one. You know, when I run into a client, usually they keep me for years mm-hmm. because they kind of understand. They start to get to know me and know that I know the difference between mountains and molehills and that I sometimes at least know what I'm talking about. Most of the time. Most of, once in a while. Once in a while, I have to correct you. But. <laughs> <clears throat> That's right. So in this case, this guy was a broker at a fairly successful real estate agency. And as a part of what he did, he actually bought properties and then rented them, rented them out. Oh, right. This is not a surprise given his profession. Exactly. So he had a client who was complaining about mold. So this guy, uh, you know, says, uh, come on over, you know, I'll pay you a few bucks and And let's find out where the mold is that this renter is complaining about. Yes. And me knowing, of course, like we talked in the last segment, that mold is going to be a lung issue. It's going to affect your sinuses and your lungs, and it's going to make you sneeze. It has those sorts of medical issues. Right. So I went over there, and I had my mold sample test kit, and I walked in, and the place is pretty. You know, I was expecting grunge. Looks really nice. And I was expecting flooding, and I was expecting, you know, I I basically, I looked around, looked good, didn't see any obvious signs of mold. I says, where do you think the mold is? Well, I don't know. How do you know that you have mold? Was the next question, and she says, well, my face tingles. Really? At that point, I thought, but I did not say you need a psychiatrist. <laughs> it's good you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to be as respectful as possible, and I basically said that, you know, mold will cause lung sort of issues. Yes. And it does not make your face tingle. It Were you went, wrong? Were you wrong about that? Oh, I was dead. I'm always dead on right. At least I'm occasionally dead you on right. You were dead right. So we did the mold Actually, sample. Actually, you were alive right, because you're still alive. Uh, true. True. Yeah, we did the mold sample there, and and to compare it, we did another mold sample just outside her door. So we're comparing indoors and outdoors. Mm. One thing that's important is you're doing mold sampling. You can't just test the area that you expect to be a problem because there's mold everywhere. So you have to uh, have something to compare it to that's kind of a background, if you will. I see. The word background is used in radon, but it's normal air. So the idea being that If there's mold everywhere, you can't just sample something because there will be mold and then you might think that you have a problem when perhaps you don't. So Mm -hmm. we sampled twice and yeah, the numbers indoors and the numbers outdoors were about the same. So we didn't have a mold problem there. Did you ever figure out what the tingly face was all about? No. Really? I mentioned at the beginning of this that I talked to some health departments. I went and talked to one of the other health departments in a bigger county, biggest one locally, I told them, give me your best story. And they basically said, well, in our experience, mold complainers are people that are renters that want out of their contract. Hmm. And 
you know, I don't want the perceived message to be that mold is not a problem because it certainly can be. It can be huge and yeah. it can send you to the hospital. Well, in fact, I've got a friend who I, I go and visit her regularly and the apartment above hers was the bathtub was leaking and they were having problems and she's got two young children a brand new baby and a little girl that's about two or three and she discovered finally that there was a lot of moisture coming down behind her wall into her apartment down below and obviously there's less air circulation the floor is wet on the edge by the bookshelf they were having some issues and i think that was legitimate and they they did one out of their contract because they felt like the landlords kept procrastinating taking care of this problem. So I think it does go, I, I just want to throw it, I think it does go both ways. If the landlords are neglecting the renters, right. they probably do want out because they want right. to be cared for better. And in many cases, the situation you described, sometimes I will see where the tub faucet actually protrudes maybe a quarter inch further out from the wall. Ah. And I've seen that happen a couple of times where somebody's showering, the water gets on that front wall beneath the shower head, right. runs down the wall, and then drips into one of those gaps. Yes. And then it gets behind the shower wall, and now you've got water back there, which either drips into the basement or drips into the apartment, apartment unit beneath. Yeah. But uh, that can be very sinister because that water is going to just sit there. It's not going to evaporate. It's not going to go anywhere. Right. It's going to be a perfect source for rot mold termites. Yeah, and that's that's what was happening in her home. And, and I saw the evidence myself, so I know she wasn't just whining. They had finally pulled the wall off, and sure enough, there were some big problems back there. They'd been neglecting it for months. I have a bazillion stories, and I'm torn between which of the ones to use. I have a buddy who used to live uh, not too far away from here, and he had a home that was a little older. I'm going to say it was built in 1960-something. Yeah. It had a basement back door. Mm. And they actually had a washer and dryer up against that door, you know, and a rule that was don't ever open the basement back door. Ah, So, you know, it was the kind of thing where the kids would get in trouble if they opened it, actually. Right. So, and there was a little bit of a stairway step down to this basement back door. And so you've got this little hole here, a home that was built in the 1960s. You can imagine the backyard. It had huge trees, Mm. one of them with a tree trunk that I'm going to say was four or five feet in diameter. And then it goes way up there and we've got millions of leaves on that thing. So lots of leaves, lots of shade. Right. So now these leaves end up down in this basement back door hole. Right. Between the door and the steps. And the sprinklers spray this area. And now we've got a perfect start spot for termites. So you've got wet leaves and lots of shade to keep, right. it, to keep it nice and moist. Yes. So the termites got started there, and then they found where my buddy had a leak in his plumbing behind the shower wall. Oh. And so not only did we have mold, we had termites there. And uh, his wife found out about the problem when she was cleaning the baseboards by hand one day. It stuck her finger through the baseboard and then... Oh, because it was all was deteriorated? Greeted, yeah, it was rotted. And it was she was greeted personally by a couple of termite workers. Ooh. And so, yeah, she got... <laughs> that the, was an ooh moment, yes, right? it was very much an ooh moment. <laughs> More of the EWU than the, <laughs> than the O-O-O-O. So H. then it cost my buddy about $1,000 to do the termite remediation. And none of the above was the mold really addressed, other than... Now he knew that he had a water problem behind a shower wall, so he did fix that. Oh, that was good. 
So at that point, now it's going to take quite a while for the water behind that wall to dry out. But once that happens, then he, uh, the, the mold will become a mold history. Mm. Mold is a living organism that requires a certain set of things to live. One of those is food, food being wet wood or wet paper or wet something that used to be wood. So would he then want to use those big commercial, those fans that you can rent from the local? Yes. Yeah, and we're going to talk about remediation in another one of the segments. Oh, okay. I won't get off on that uh, But then. yeah, we'll definitely go there. So in the medical category, yeah, we've mentioned that uh, mold causes lung issues. It causes allergies. I know that me personally, when I go into a moldy space, sometimes I need to clear the sinuses. I am going to go to one other place. My dad, who is currently pushing 92 years old, 10 years ago had a swamp cooler. And we've talked about this in some of the we other have. segments. Swamp um, coolers are challenging. But that swamper brought in some mold of its own just because we're bringing in outdoor air. And it caused some molds of its own because now you've got the wet and the fibers. And so he was struggling to survive. I decided at that point that he needed a central air unit. So you knew it was coming from the swamp cooler somewhat. Yeah, I, I strongly suspected that. And so, you know, we put some money together and we got him a central air unit. Those are better. A little bit more expensive to run, but save a lot of on roofing costs and other things. Ten years later, he is uh, stronger than ever. His lungs are great. He has stopped using all of his lung medicines. Well, that would pay for the AC right there. Yeah, a hundred times over. And so he's still alive and just kicking around and still trying to cause trouble. That is wonderful. What a what a blessing. So I guess moral of that story is that if you've got swamp coolers, those can contribute some molds as well. The people that are at risk for mold the most is not necessarily you and I. I don't know about you. I mean you're a young thing, but I'm an old guy. Yeah, I'm a little bit on the little bit on the getting old <clears throat> side. So the young and old are most at risk if you got somebody who is sick or maybe somebody who has cancer or somebody you know who has maybe bronchitis. If you've got those sorts of conditions that somebody may have and you add mold, mm. you have a... Compounded problem. Yeah, what's called, you know, I guess the, the best example is maybe it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. Which is a phrase that was used by one of the health departments when I talked to them. Mm. They said that by itself, mold isn't always a killer, but it can be that one last thing that finishes somebody off. Especially if they have some vulnerable lungs. Or I heard about a home inspector and I talked to him and he said that his sister actually had a mold spore because he was into not only doing home inspections but mold remediations mm. business wasn't very good so he tried to make the most out of each client that he had he would find mold and then recommend his cousin to go remediate the mold so yeah he wanted to make the most of that and he basically said he told me that his sister had had a mold spore land on her nose and it ate her nose away are you serious? I am serious that, in that he, that he told said me that. that. Yes. Are you serious? You don't really believe that. But do you? yeah, mold doesn't do that. Mold is mold. It is not a flesh-eating bacteria. How about <laughs> we make you a master of that mold mansion, Hey, Heidi? that sounds like a good idea. You mean mold-less, mold-free mansion, right? Mold-free mansion. Okay. Mold-free mansion. No, no flesh-eating bacteria in your mansion no either? No flesh-eating none, So if you please. need a pro, go to my website, homemedicusa.com. <laughs> if you got flesh-eating bacteria, I can't help you. That's a different podcast That's right. that I don't think we're prepared to do yet. 
So if you need more information, if you want to discuss this, if you want to go to the resources that I have, if you need a good mold guy, if you want to do it yourself, I've got all that sort of information on my webpage at homemedicusa.com. And then you just click on uh, the mold. We've got more podcasts. Good stuff there. Yeah. All right. Heidi. I think I'm going to give you the mansion today. That way you can get have something to get sued for, you know? Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go for a, a wet dog house that's full of mold. And maybe the dog has wow. already been in there. He's, uh, he's, he's urinated in there. And we've got one corner that's full of mold. Yikes. Ooh, I have, I There's have, another that E-W. That brings me up another story. Capital E-W. <laughs> My mansion's a little bit less high maintenance than some. I I like to make mine low maintenance, but high maintenance (laughs) up front. Not quite that low maintenance. (laughs) Expensive, but low maintenance in the long run. (laughs) All right. Finally, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. More on the way. This is Julia McKay with your Natural Solutions Tip for the Day. Today, our tip is on doTERRA Peace Essential Oil. This oil is so amazing, I think it should actually be called Denial. (laughs) But it's called Peace because it promotes feelings of peace and reassurance and contentment. It counteracts anxious or fearful emotions, which we all go through struggles in our life, especially if your home is just flooded or any of the things, you know, you've got spiders or snakes. Ew! Okay, I could go on. But any of the things the home medic deals with, you probably need some peace oil. So if you'd like to know more, go ahead and reach out to us. Naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.